Welcome everyone to another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. This is Father Christian. Next to me is Rabbi Matthew Durbin from Temple Bechayam. Temple Bechayam. Temple Bechayam. Hey everyone, what's going on? This is the podcast that you all love, that you never miss. Rabbi, are you ready for another episode here to bring on an awesome guest to change people's lives? Yeah, I'm super excited. Super excited. <laughs> you do not I'm sound ready. excited. How can you not be excited? We're going to have Kevin Douglas on the show. This guy is a big Hollywood screenwriter, screenwriter and playwright. He writes plays that change people's hearts and minds about life. Uh, you know, it's it's you know it's funny because after we after we spoke um, yesterday and we were we were talking about it, I actually spent a lot of time thinking about you know our guest and you know uh, the, the 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 how difficult it must be in today's world uh, uh, to create something that is meaningful for so many people and, and you know how the, how one goes about that and how they make it impactful and authentic to their own story and what their own thinking um i'm really inspired i'm really inspired i i, I give and this is my shameless plug for uh, father anderson um you know for those who have entertained uh, 130 some odd episodes you know you'll notice that uh, 98 of them um have been all of father anderson's picks um, and I'm, 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 I'm enamored. I mean, I, this is great. I'm, I'm super excited for our special guest here today. The only reason uh, why there's a little insight as to, uh, you know, the character of, uh, of, of, of the priest and what he was like, but, um, <laughs> maybe that's another story. Maybe that's another story. That's another story. Well, we're, we're, we're really excited to have Kevin. Kevin, you're here with us right now. Are you there, buddy? Yes, I'm here. All right, Kev. So we're, we're, he's going to lead us through what it really means to be a uh, to be a storyteller. How do you stay truth to that? Stay truthful to that. The challenges of doing that, and then we're going to find out what this priest and this rabbi can glean from this Hollywood writer of how do we tell the greatest story ever told about our Lord who loves us tremendously. But let's learn from the professionals. A lot, many times you have to go outside the temple, outside the church, uh, to learn how to do things effectively because we get kind of caught up in our silos. So we're we're bringing in the big gun. KD, and uh, you know we're we're ready. After he gets done with this episode, this guy will have every major agent across the world calling him because that's just who we are, buddy. Are you ready for this, Kevin? I'm ready. Okay. All right, guys. Here comes another episode of a priest and a rabbi. Please subscribe, like, and share this with everyone and anyone, even if you hate us. Leave a comment because it makes us stronger with our analytics. Okay. Peace. Bye. A priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi. The opinions you hear from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Beit Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, Grab your Bible or Torah and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. All right, all right. Good morning, everybody out there. Welcome to another episode, I think our 130th episode of A Priest and a Rabbi here in Martin County and known as Florida. 
My name is Father Christian. I am the lesser half of the better half of us, which is Rabbi Matthew Durbin. He is the rabbi. Matthew Durbin is known as the best looking rabbi this side of the Jordan. Um, that was not me who said that. That's all of Martin County. He was voted the best and most handsome rabbi um, this side of the Jordan River. So listen, Mr. Handsome, welcome to the show. Good morning. Do you know that there's people in my church who actually think that it's a little homoerotic that I always refer to you as the most handsome rabbi this side of the Jordan River? It, look, it takes it takes it takes a it takes a a man who is uh, extremely confident and um, uh, secure in his own uh, in his own skin to be able to say that. So, look, thank uh, you. I thank you, Rabbi. I thank feel you. the same. I feel. Thank the you. Same. I, I you know I appreciate that. That's what I tell people. But for some reason, um, you know, pe pe people people like to get a little. You know, it's it's like uh, 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 Addison Ray and Chloe uh, Kardashian right now. You know, everyone's wondering if they're a thing, an item. Can't people just be friends? You know what I'm saying. Mm. All right, that's not what the show's about at all today. Uh, today, everyone, um, we're talking about. We want to talk about some like the truth, truth telling, and storytelling, and the, how do you effectively tell stories as priests and rabbis? We get up in front of our congregations once, twice, three, four times a week, depending, and and really, we're we're trying to communicate the greatest story ever told. The story of God's love for us, of God's redeeming us, God's loving us, God's uh, leading us to be his people. Uh, and um, sometimes you have to figure out what's the best way to do this, really capture people's hearts. Uh, and, and how, when you know that the Bible leads us to say things that sometimes will turn people off because the Bible will just get cut right to the chase. How do you do that without losing them? Um, and so there's different ways of doing this. And so we thought, why don't we bring on, we did this before, we brought on a, uh, uh, one of the writers for Supergirl um, out of Hollywood. Now we're gonna bring on another big writer who writes for uh, national theaters. Uh, he works with David Schwimmer um, in the Looking Glass Theater. Uh, his plays are now being optioned for films and TVs. It's Kevin Douglas. So he, he's out in LA right now and he slept through his alarm. So when he wakes up and he gets here, we'll pull him on. But in the meantime, your rabbi, how about you? You know, this idea of we have such, we talk about this a lot. You, you, you and I have to worry about like, what if I say the wrong word, I'll lose people. And I think everyone in their, con in their conversations, whether at work, whether around extended family, if I use this trigger word, will we get lost in the conversation? We'll get emotional. Does that still go into your thought process when you are uh, crafting your sermons or even just doing a teaching session? It, uh, you know, it's interesting you mentioned it because I think I think you and I both feel um, um, do, do a lot of this, whether it be teaching or preaching or, you know, setting out an example. Uh, I think we're, we're, we're both very cautious of the words that we use um, just in, in, in the event that they may be misconstrued or taken out of context or, um, you know, we're human. So if we hear something that we don't agree with or that pushes our buttons the wrong way, sometimes we completely shut out and we actually don't listen to the rest of the message. You know, in Judaism, we have a longstanding tradition of sacred narratives and of stories, uh, which we would call midrash, yeah. which are the stories the rabbis created that fill in the biblical gaps that were not really abundantly clear. And sometimes with midrash, when we when we when we look at them, they're um they're kind of couched in this in this in this frame uh, this frame of mind of being able to equate it in a parable form to which I can tell you how I really feel, but I 
cloak it in this in this parable so that it's not made abundantly clear to everyone else, but the message is made very clear to you. So it's almost like saying things that we normally would not say, but we can couch in parable form. But, you know, in, in reference to your question, yeah, I mean, I think at least for me, and I, I, I feel like I could speak for you, you know, we're, we're, we're also very, very, very cautious of how our words are taken, how they're received. Because um, look, the last thing we want to, we don't want to do is to offend somebody. But at the same time, if that does occur, then there must have been something, uh, some trigger, some something visceral that 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 resonates deeply. That a part of me that says, as a rabbi and as one who leads community, sometimes it has to sit. Sometimes it has to be uncomfortable. That's no, that's right. And and one tool that really is one genre that is so good at telling stories, getting people to open up and think about topics they normally wouldn't want to be preached at about um, is, is you know, stand-up comedians are fantastic at this. Really good, socially conscious. Chris Rock talks. He will get you thinking. You will be on the floor laughing, but you'll leave being like, "Wait a minute, let me." He was so right about that. He'll 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 examine a social structure that we have or something that's going on in our society and and pick it apart without getting preachy. He's doing comedy. It's such an effective tool. So we, we you and I as as preachers and teachers are constantly thinking of effective ways to reach the most amount of people. So, well, I, I think our, our, our guest just flew in on Zoom Airlines. He is here. He has arrived all the way from Los Angeles, California, because he's a big old Hollywood writer and he's married to a big old Hollywood actress. He is Kevin Douglas. He is a member over at Looking Glass Theater in Chicago. So he is kind of tri-coastal. He gets out to Chicago, probably New York and L.A., He's flying all over the place, so forgive him for sleeping through his alarm. We're just happy that he would spend time with the priest and the rabbi when this guy is having meetings with big studios, option his scripts that he has created. Um, Kevin Douglas, welcome, my brother, to a priest and a rabbi. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Listen, man, you, you, you have uh, written, you, know, you wrote... I saw one of your shows in Chicago um, and that uh, it, 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 in my family, all my family came out, it was over at Looking Glass um, and um, it's, uh, it was a two-person show. I mean, not a two-person show, it was based on, I, I don't want to mess up the, the, the name, but it was your first big one you did at Looking Glass. Remind me of the name again? Thaddeus and Slocum. Yeah, I was going to say Slocum and Thaddeus, but I was like, that is not right. So Thaddeus and Slocum. Um, and then you follow that up with Plantation, uh, which gets into some gritty topics that gets everyone a little bit on edge. But you're always using this, your incredible gift of comedy to invite us in. You invite people into it. Um, so, so, so tell us a little bit about, you're, you're also an actor, um, but just so people, the audience get to know you, uh, you, you, you're calling to be a writer. Uh, has that always been there, and does that supersede your 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 love of acting? Uh, yes, it it has. Yeah, you and I, we both went to DePaul. I that's what I went to Chicago to become become an actor, right? To go go to the theater school, and after graduating, I, I acted all over Chicago, and I wanted to. I, I did Second City. I went to Second City because we did we don't do a lot of comedy at the theater school, you know, mostly drama. And but I, I love I've always loved comedy. Like ever since I was little, I, Eddie Murphy was was the person for me. Like that was that was the guy. Like, oh my gosh, I got to do this. I got to you know. 
So I, I, I was like, well, I want to I start doing comedy again. So I, I go to Second City and took, took a few classes there. And, and yeah, I, I took some writing classes there and, and learned to write sketch, sketch comedy. You know, I'd, I'd always written things, but I never really finished them. So I was like, oh, sketch comedy, that's only like a minute long to five minutes. That'll be easy to finish. And so, so, so I did that. I did, I did Second City. And when I got to Looking Glass, I started to develop things. And uh, I, I, had, I had also done some shows at, a, at another theater company in, in Chicago that I was a part of, uh, Impact. I, I wrote some shows with, with my sketch comedy partner. I had a sketch comedy partner that I found at Second City, Inda. And we started a group called Kev Inda. And we, we, we wrote all these shows together. And then we wrote um, uh, these, uh, these great sketch comedy shows for this, this theater company. And then when I started to write by myself, uh, I wanted to write plays. And, and yeah, that, that's, the, that's the short. But yeah, but, but you get to a place where now, just so everyone knows, he's at a spot now where David Schwimmer is now uh, directing or has directed his, uh, his plays uh, and working with him. And now you have people reaching out to say major uh, major companies, studios saying, let's make these films. So you, you, you're, you're at a, you've, you've kind of gotten the fast lane pretty quickly here. So you clearly have a gift of writing. Right. And, and yeah, so it's, there, there be, my, my play that I did plantation is being developed into, into a, into a film, which is, which is really, really, really exciting. And, and yeah, to be, you know, to go from writing sketch to, to this is it's it's pretty pretty incredible and and and, and Hollywood's very different. It's very different. <laughs> very different than theater. But yeah, screenplays are very different than, than theater. It's more more about business, less about less about the art, right? And you and, and I think you see that. You see it in in what's what's on TV and, and film and, and even the shows. I, I bet both of you have shows that you love. And you're like, oh, that's not on anymore, or oh, that got canceled. Are you kidding me? Naked and afraid. Naked, naked yes, afraid. naked that's, and right. That's right, the right. one that we use for teaching series at St. Mary's. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah that was a joke. That was a joke, everyone. <laughs> no, like, Don't believe me. <laughs> uh, but, but no, that's right. It, so, so Kevin, <laughs> you know, we're the rabbi and I. We're we're professional storytellers, right? We're trying to tell mm-hmm. the greatest story ever told. That's what we do. We believe it transforms lives. It changes lives. Uh, and there's such a great history of it. The rabbi was just talking about the Midrash. Um, Jesus, as for Christians, Jesus was inviting people into these parables that challenged us. You know, we talk about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, that, that story to be telling to fellow Jews about, look at the Samaritan, that's who you want to follow. That's, that's like, you know, as one, one preacher uh, said recently, like Samaritan lives matter. <laughs> it was like a gripping thing of like, everyone matters here. The, the Samaritan, the one who is supposed to be the despised one, that's who you, I want you to be like. So he, he's, he's challenging people all the time. The power of storytelling. Um, and so for you, you have found a way to really, Plantation is not like a sit around slapstick comedy talking about the latest uh, a, a, a sitcom where we're just, the stakes are that low. You're talking about reparations. You're talking about a plantation, but you do it through comedy. You do it through comedy. And we know that you're playing around with topics that can sometimes, if Rabbi and I, we, we have to be careful because people just get up and leave. They just, they just like, listen, I don't want to hear your sermon on reparations or mm-hmm. 
blah, 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 racial justice. You know, I'll get that somewhere else. I just want to come and feel good, right? You're like, yeah, I'm going to have you bring you to the theater. I'm going to make you feel good because I'll make you laugh. But at the same time, aha, I want you to be at home sitting around the dinner table. Um, it's, so well, when did that change happen where you realize I can start talking about topics that are close to my heart, but still give them the gift of comedy and entertain them? Yeah, that that would have that started at Second City, and actually seeing some of the great comedians like, like you had mentioned, Chris Rock, like Dave Chappelle, uh, and just even even Eddie Murphy, who you know he talks about his father and and alcohol alcoholism, and if if you really think about delirious, like that's what he was was talking about. Mm. <laughs> you know, if any if you remember that the with, with the Bob, yeah. I'm a um, priest, okay? I can't okay. watch that stuff. Come on. Come on. Before, the, the old Christian. Yeah, the old Christian, yeah. Before I knew <laughs> the Jesus, old Christian, I right. watched all Delirious, yeah. Raw. Right. No. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I remember seeing uh, uh, Delirious at Blockbuster. That was that was really <laughs> did it for me. And they played it. They played it at Blockbuster. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. And my mom is like, oh, I can't believe they're playing this in here. <laughs> she was so disgusted. Well, I, yeah, I couldn't believe they were playing inside of a blockbuster, too. Yeah, it was, yeah, the, the boss must not have been there that day. That's right. But That's they, right. Didn't, they didn't care. Uh, but, but yeah, the, having, uh, Second City is where I really honed it, where I, where, where I thought, oh, having a point of view, that, that's more effective and more, more exciting to me than just playing for the yucks, right? No, no disrespect for the people that play play for the yucks, but but for me, for for me, it was it was about the it was about having that thing to say that and and finding a way to say it that no one else is no one else is saying it. Finding saying it in a way that no one else is saying it was 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 exciting, and that's where it started. And and for for plantation, yeah, it's about reparations. When I tell people, yeah, it's about reparations, but it's a comedy that. <laughs> intrigued they're like wait wait what yeah <laughs> and and so that's and then even with Thaddeus and Slocum it was about the about the the industry sure it was 1908 but it's about our industry and and it happened right right after or it came out right after uh what was it Oscar's so white right and then it just happened to be about the the industry and how black people if they wanted to be on, on the big stages, they had to wear blackface, right? And and so the the show that that's what that was that was exciting to me. It's like, oh, how do I get blackface on stage without it being, you know, controversial? And we worked so hard to make sure that it was about the story and not about the blackface. We did all the things we were supposed to do. We were I was preparing. To, to, to be boycotted or, you know, this uproar. But we took so much care in uh, with, with the blackface and with the storytelling that it wasn't even a problem. No one thought about it. You, you saw it. It was, it, because it was so intrinsic to the storytelling, no one was like, oh, I can't believe they're doing, you know, it was just a part of the story. But yeah, it takes a lot I, of intentionality. It takes a lot of care. Just, just, exactly. just, just ask this guy next to me, the rabbi man. The amount of time, I'm a terrible preacher. This guy puts so much time and energy. He'll put, sometimes rabbi, you put like weeks into your, your, your big feast day sermons, right? You're, you're sitting there, and I'm sure you're looking, and you have your wife look over it. She's a rabbi. Um, mm. He sends it to me to look over it. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. Um, 
But you know, you know your congregation. He knows his audience, and he knows that yeah. what their all needs are and what the triggers but, are. But I think, I think, I think Father Anderson, as you just said, you know, it's to know one's audience, right? I think, I think part of the part of the um, impact that a lot of our narratives and our stories present is when we do know our audience and what buttons we can push, which ones we can't push, in order to really make the message clear. So for you, Kevin, you're you're, you're if it's you know. You're, you're, you're a socially conscious guy, clearly. You know, you're not writing a play plantation because you like to sit around and just watch Kardashians all night. Not, nothing against Kardashians. But you are a guy who's invested in, in your community. You love your community. You love, and uh, you're aware of the struggles that we all have. Um, and you're also clearly gifted at writing comedy um, with that as well. Um, you're a man of faith. You know, so, so there's a calling on your heart to really to, to love on this world and to serve this world from a faith perspective. Um, how are you finding the, tell us about the struggle, the struggle and balancing all of this. You are, let's just be right, let's just be real. You're, 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 you're a black man in Hollywood. You're a black man in the entertainment world. We all know just from, uh, hopefully all of our awareness is heightened. Um, that That is, I just remember being around Hollywood with all my friends and, uh, Fortunately, our group is pretty diverse. All of us white guys, we'd be going out for auditions almost like every day. <laughs> and then a lot of our, our, our fellow black colleagues would just be like once every two weeks, you know, once a week, you know, because it just wasn't the roles because pe people weren't creating stories that would even consider or casting and being like, well, why would you have a black person, right? It just, it was abnormal. It was always normal to have the white cast. And then it would be like this, a not like a, a token so, so we, 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 we've seen all that. So, and you're balancing all of this together. And also you, 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 you gotta be smart as a businessman that if you piss off the wrong person or whatever. So, so for you now that you're not, you're not, you're, 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 you're arriving, you know, you're, you're getting the phone calls, you're getting the big phone calls. How do you, how do you balance all this? Is it a struggle to, to balance all of these? You want to do what's right in your heart. Like, Rabbi and I want to preach the hard, tough gospel, but we know I might lose people. If you lose people, you lose congregation, you know, blah, 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 blah. How, how, how do you balance all that? Yeah, I, I'm fortunate enough to be with my, well, my, my representation is very good about making sure that my voice is coming through, right? And yes, I, I can hear you. Yeah, my, <laughs> nice. They did very well um, with making that, sure that. Making sure that I'm not muted. No, making sure that my voice is my voice is coming through and not I'm not trying to 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 set let me let me form this so that I'm trying to sell this thing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it, it's more about what do I want to what is Kevin's voice? And and that was that that's what that's what theater is, which it, it's it's almost Hollywood's kind of is taking that taking that on more, more and more, is what I'm noticing. Right. The the shows I love. Are the shows that are that are saying have something to say and have very clear have, has a very clear voice, right? Uh, it's not just uh, let me just we're just writing this thing so we can sell it, and which which is working too, which some people are doing, but I, but more and more I'm seeing show, shows that really are, are are saying something. So 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 it's it, sure it's challenging. It's 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 hard to hard to not. Uh, what do I want to say? Uh, I guess sell out. I guess it's hard to not not sell. Out. But I, I think if I did, if I did sell out, I would I, I would be miserable after a while. Like 
it'd be great maybe just to pay off all the bills and you know take care of the kids but i i, I have a friend who 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 did who did a, a series on a on a hit this hit tv show and she said that she was in a writer's room with these people that make way more money than her and it just seemed like it was just a, a routine and they have these huge houses but they that's what they're in there they're in to do that let me just write this thing spit it out and go home to my huge house and she said she just couldn't do that she couldn't do that for and they've been doing it for 10 now you probably years. you brought up a really good story when you met with rabbi and i uh yesterday about a uh you mentioned a name and and rabbi were like uh who maybe rabbi knew i didn't know um mm -hmm. but the struggle you have oh. also that in, in the industry. Can you tell us more about the struggle between this, this, this idea of either selling out or shaking hands? Like you, there's, you wanna pay your bills, you wanna be, uh, uh, we wanna keep our congregation tight, we wanna keep it big. How far can you push and how far can you shake hands with just culture uh, before you start to challenge, but you might lose people along the way. Um, so can you tell, can you explain to us that, that, that model you lifted up? Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're talking, oh, step and fetch it, right? Step and fetch it, yeah. Yeah, uh, step and fetch it. So I, I think it's always up to the individual because we never know what people are going through. We never know what their their their, their struggles are. Uh, but, but yeah, so step and fetch it. He was the first black actor to make, to be, become a millionaire, right? And he was, he, he, he was coon. His, his character was called the laziest man on earth. Like that was the character that, that he, he did and he was a millionaire and it's rumored that he had two phones one for hollywood where he he could play this character that told like this and, and then another phone where he would talk to you know talk to people normally like hey what's up what's going on yeah what do you mean <laughs> he had two yeah. separate phones he, he he knew he knew his brand and he knew what he he knew that this is what i'm doing this is how i'm gonna make my money and and that's 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 something that that people it was controversial because a lot of a lot of black people thought that he was pushing a stereotype and it and it was and it did be, and it was problematic and but but then there's an, another another side of it where people are like well he did open doors you know so that's the there's this argument of uh what what do you do and if those are the only opportunities as well right it's the early 1900s and the only opportunities you have are, you know, play these characters or, or not, right. Right? right? And you're gonna get the people, there, someone's gonna do it. Yeah, someone's yeah, I mean, I, th I, th I think, you know, with on Sunday mornings and Fridays, I don't know about you, Rabbi, um, but some people refer to Sundays, as, uh, as, it's the big show, just give them a show. It's really the Wednesday Bible study. It's the other things during the week where we're gonna go below the surface. I'm gonna really do the discipleship work uh, and, but on Sunday, I want to make it entertaining. I mean, this is one way to look at church. It's not every church, but this is one philosophy. And I don't think this is what we do, but, but as some churches would say Sunday, let's do the smoke machines, big band screens, you know, more that mega church style, because I just want people to be entertained, excited and feel good. That will attract the most amount of people. So are you shaking hands with culture? Absolutely. Are you just falling into maybe you're dipping into a little bit of materialism? Maybe you're dipping into all these other things that we're kind of trying to push up against. However, um, I hope to hook you. So I'm going to shake hands with culture, but then invite you into something deeper. 
And the Wednesday service is going to be something we're going to get into some real spirituality and real relationship with Jesus. Or, you know, and, and, and then we'll invite you into classes on Thursday. So this idea, do you first have to you give them sort of the cultural food first and then invite them? And I think that in some ways what, what you're doing uh, is, is you're, you're giving them something we all, we all want to feel good. And we all want to escape when we go to the theater. We want to feel it. We, and, and then we want to laugh. But then in the midst of that, you loosen people up, you earn their trust, and then you start putting in these, these subtle truths that grow and grow throughout your work. They get bigger and bigger and bigger. So when they leave the theater, they don't feel that Kevin Douglas is hitting them over the head with a message. You've just planted seeds inside of them. So when they get home at the dinner table or the driving home, uh, they can really start to have the difficult conversations on their own without yeah. Kevin telling them exactly what the answer is. They get to decide. So it really is a good clinic on storytelling. Um, so let's let that sit and we're going to come back and, and we want to know, we're going to get into some more things about Kevin, where, where, what advice do you have for a priest and a rabbi in our, in our storytelling? Things for us to think about. <laughs> um, and, and what's the hope do you see in us? In you, what, what is your hope in your storytelling? What do you want to do through your gift as a writer uh, your gift to, to society um, with what you're doing. What is the grand? I mean, obviously pay your bills, but there's, you're doing something bigger. We want to learn about that and how that inspires us all as priests, rabbis, teachers, plumbers, you name it. Um, we're going to take a little break and hear about the people who do keep this show on the air. And we'll be right back with Kevin Douglas, playwright, screenwriter, actor, and um, overall good guy. Hey everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here, and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. Now back to A Priest and a Rabbi. All right, welcome back to part two of A Priest and a Rabbi. I am Father Christian, next to the ever handsome Rabbi Matthew Durbin. He is not the most eligible bachelor, but people do hope it's, you know, that he was, but he can't. He is happily married lady, so please walk away. Uh, we are here with, with, with also another dashing man. It is Kevin Douglas. Uh, you might have seen his work on TV just, you know, as, as an actor. I, I say just because he's also the man creating the words for all the actors to say as well. He is a playwright. He is a screenwriter. Um, he has a play plantation that did extremely well at Looking Glass in, in Chicago, directed by none other than David Schwimmer. And uh, also um, it is now being optioned for a film. And he's in talks with 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 big cheeses, um, so he is getting a taste of what it means to pour your heart out into a project, tell this beautiful story, and then have the people with big bucks say, "Yeah, and we need to get a little more formulaic, or we need to fit this mode in order to sell it." And the reason why we bring him on a priest and a rabbi is because Rabbi and I, and all of us as people of faith, we have the story we want to tell, 
and we're committed to it. You know, Rabbi and I might do it from a pulpit or in teaching class, but you all out there might be doing it in your, in your homes, just with your children, and you're trying to tell the story and they might get bored or they might push back. And how we continue to tell the greatest story of our faith that it's inviting without kind of selling out to culture in a way or softening it up too much where uh, as Akenda Dean, uh, a, a great uh, uh, theologian I look up to says, we're making uh, almost Christians or almost Jews. Like they're, they're kind of, but they're probably not gonna pass it down to their next, the next generation because they got almost the story. Uh, Kevin, so talk to us, my man. You, you, have you ever been in a situation where you, you have the script? You know, uh, Rabbi was just talking about this at the break. You have the script, you love it, it's great, this idea, and then you bring it into the people who really make all the big decisions who might have the money, and they're just like, yeah, can you soften that up a bit or change this a bit? And it's really more because they want to fit a certain formula, and you really think you have to, you, you have to give in a little bit and let go of, of your heart. Yeah, I, with theater, no, not, I've not, I've not had to deal with that. That was more about structure and what your story is about. Is this what you're trying to say? And it's more collaborative and, and, and they're more nurturing. Whereas in, in Hollywood, so, so like a writer's room, for example, I've, 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 I've heard that what happens is you become, <laughs> <laughs> so if I have a writer, writer's room and I'm the showrunner and uh, Father Anderson and Rabbi Durbin, you're writers in the room, okay? You're both great writers. You come in and you, you've got all these ideas because you've been hired to be a part of the show. Great. And I'm the showrunner and you say, hey, here's what I think could happen for an episode. I can say, no, you need to make this happen, right? You then have to do what the showrunner wants. So I've heard stories about how people really push back against showrunners. Push back is fine, but some of them fight as if this is their show, as if... <laughs> It's, it's it, as if what they have is more important than the, the, the arc and the uh, vision that the showrunner has. So there's, so it does happen. And, it, and, and in, in rooms like that, what I've, what I've heard and learned is that you just have to collaborate. You, you've got you've to gotta help them with their vision. Even if you disagree with it, even if the episode is, is terrible, you've got to give them what, what they want because because they're dealing with executives, they're dealing with, they, they have a bigger picture that they're looking at. You know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting, um, you know, seeing it from that, from that angle, because I think for, for most of us, we just see it as somebody pitches an idea, they like it, they follow through with it, right? It gets to production and we get to view it in the comfort of our own home, um, which I can only imagine must be very challenging and frustrating for you as, as an artist to be able to produce something that you've invested your whole self into to only it being, you know, cut up on that chopping block. Yeah. I mean, has there been times uh, for you, whether it be personally or, you know, uh, um, you know knowing with colleagues uh, and others in the field of saying, you know, I, I presented, you know, my whole heart on a plate here. The, the production company wants to kind of pick it apart. And then ultimately a colleague or you say, you know what? This is too far away from the message that I wanted. So in this regard, if you decide to go that route, I, I have to you know, respectfully walk away from it. Has there been times where you've had to walk away? Yeah, un unfortunately, you, you, once they have the script than what I had brought forward, because there's more voices now. 
Now there's a lot of different voices and everything is not bad, but I might have, might've had the vision of, oh, this is what I, I think it is. And then they drop in, well, you know, you should add this. Oh, and maybe a little bit of this, <laughs> it becomes a, a meal. <laughs> you should add, wait, I just wanted to make some, uh, some bread. You want to make a whole sandwich. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't, that, the, I don't, that, that doesn't make it the story I'm trying to tell. No, but you've got to find a way to give them what they want and keep. That's the best advice I've gotten is you've got to give them what they want, but still try to keep your voice. Mm-hmm. And that, that is the challenge. That's the challenge. And, and you hear it with TV shows all the time. Like, I don't knock writers anymore because, because I just know there's more hands in it yeah. than, than we know, you know. Can we talk about those hands that the importance, and this, this is a common theme on our show, is we talked about how as people of faith, we need to model the kingdom of God. And, and, and we, we all know that the, the holiest days uh, that we come to worship our Lord are sometimes the most segregated days and that we still, and there's many reasons behind that. Um, and, uh, but, you know, all white churches, all black churches, all Latino churches and, uh, and rabbi, you can speak to it from, from a temple perspective. Um, and the importance of saying, well, if we're going to try to get to this place and we see these multicultural churches are successful, the way they work is that their leadership is multicultural, right? It can't just be the, the white guy up at the top saying, inviting other people of color to come in because they've had uh, a leadership staff that reflects the community they're serving. So everyone's decision makers. So then if we're all collectively making these decisions, we can, we can get that service that really speaks to a multicultural setting. But if it's more of a, uh, some of these churches where you see it's just more of a white, uh, all white staff. And then we might get the black band leader who's not really making decisions, but more playing the music, you're still going through one lens. It's just one lens, so you won't be successful. So f- as a writer, um, there's been a reckoning, but I know it's, 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 this is a marathon we're running of how do we get these stories being told in Hollywood? Like I was just reading the review for them, uh, uh, Roger and Ebert's, though, so them is a new show on Amazon, um, right? And it's, a, it's, it's a black family in the 1940s, 50s, it looks like, moves into suburbia in East Compton, all white neighborhood. And so and it turns into this horror or supernatural thing. Uh, Seems like a la Jordan, Jordan, uh, Jordan, P- Jordan Peele, right? Um, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, us or, and Get Out. Yeah, yeah. Us. So, yeah. okay, but then, but then, but then the the reviewer, very astute, says, you know, it's interesting <laughs> that all the directors for all of season one were all white. So he goes, I'm just curious to know. You're telling the story about the black dilemma about what's like to be living in a white America, and this good storytelling, but yet the people telling the stories are white directors or the ones who are looking through their lens so where you just couldn't find black directors he's just curious like i want to know more because does that hinder the amount of the story that could be told right mm-hmm. so so if i'm going to tell something about the jewish perspective it just makes sense that i'm going to bring in the rabbi because he's going to speak to it firsthand where i am just some guy some christian dude <laughs> and and have gospels that talk about the jews killing jesus i mean it gets a little convoluted so so yeah. tell me is is the importance of what it is to have these writing rooms and decision makers where it does reflect America because we're watching these stories. We we all get done with our work day. We come and sit in front of the television and we want to be moved. And, and a lot of times we're inspired. We're inspired by what we see on TV 
That makes mm-hmm. us want to be better people. Um, sometimes it makes us want to be worse people, but usually it makes better people. Um, are we there yet where we're seeing rooms that really do reflect the audience of America? Look, are we, are we better than we were in 1930, 40? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are we, are we better than we were in 1990? Yes. Should we be a lot farther than we were in 1990? Absolutely. <laughs> so it's, it's happening, but it's, it's moving slowly. And, and that's, that's one of the questions that I ask in some of these meetings. I say, so what's, it, what's happening in the, in the rooms? And how, how is it changing? And, and it's been interesting to see some people get frazzled. Oh, oh it's, uh, it's, it's, it's happening. And then there's ones that are just honest. You know, it's slow. You know, there's, there's ones that are honest. And then the ones that get frazzled, those are the ones I'm like, ah, oh, nothing's happening. They are, you're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's happening. And we, we've got to hear authentic stories and, and specific stories to whatever culture the 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 movie or show is about like black panther for example people came out in droves to see that it was good storytelling it was a good good movie and and this always happens there's there's this big show that happens or big movie everyone watches it and then they don't do it anymore right like if you think of shows in the 90s like okay the, the cosby show was i mean minus what he's become and what we know of him now. But let's go back to the, let's go back when we didn't know about him, right? <laughs> there was the Cosby show and then there was a different world and then there wasn't really anything else. Am I wrong? There wasn't a hitch show. Like they had that opportunity. Let's get more, let's do more. Let's throw more on, you know, if we're, if we're making money, if this is about money and all these people are watching these shows, get more, 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 uh, shows with with uh, different backgrounds and more people of color. Let's do that, and they're doing that more now. Like it's it's happening now, which is which is great. It just needs to happen quicker, and there, there doesn't need to be a discussion. Just do it. You know, you, you know, said, it's so oh. it's it's so interesting to see, as 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 you just mentioned, that there's more and more and more of it happening today. I mean, you know, we see Kim's Convenience. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Asian family, you know, owns a convenience store, lives in Toronto, right? Let's put out their story, you know. And, and I think we are seeing more of this mm-hmm. um, in a way that I think puts down, breaks down some of these 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 walls to be able to say, let's yeah. let's go into people's homes, into people's lives. Right, Father Anderson, much like you and I get to do, albeit on a pastoral level, that we get that that sacred opportunity. And I think it's the same with television and the stories, is that we are being able now to see beyond just this 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 placated story of 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 feel good, this is what it is. And people are hungry for it. Everyone is hungry. Doesn't matter what color you are, everyone everyone wants to see some something new something different something fresh something that's authentic and and and, 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 and engaging you know that's what that's what people are, are after now and I think they're they're seeing that they're, they're reading that finally and part of it too is more people are, are, are moving up to the top there's more people uh, with with people with, uh, with uh, different voices at the at the top making decisions you know and that's and that's what it is. And it should be, yes, for any, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, you've, you've got to have a diverse, uh, a diverse voice. It just makes your business better. 
That's make, the key right there, Kevin. Just make your business better, your your company be- better, your employees better. Just yeah, open it, open it up. You know? And that's the sell of like, it's not about diversity for diversity's sake. Right. It's not about tokenism. Uh, it's not about some, some progressive agenda. It, life is grander. Like from our, from, from, from Rabbi and I's world, it is the gospel and the Bible is a fuller story when it's told from different perspectives. You know, when you have Latinos that giving you liberation theology, right? And then you have black liberation theology. And then you have the, the various uh, <laughs> white theologians been there, but we're all together parsing out the Bible through our respective lenses. We have such different worldviews and experiences, let's just say here in America, that if someone comes to the church, uh, St. Mary's, and all they hear is from the Bible, from a white straight male lens, 365 days a year, it's, I'm not saying, it, it's, there, 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 are, there is a limitation. I would suggest that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I will say there's a fuller and more that can be pulled out from this, this living word of God that when you have just a female priest, right? We have a female priest now who just came on, on staff. She's going to bring a whole perspective of being a mother, being a wife, being a woman, uh, being a, a daughter of God that I would never be able to bring, right? It doesn't make me less than or, or worse. It just, it, it's, we're all equal. It just brings the living word alive. And so for stories itself, for us to hear these stories from different perspectives, we're better for it in, in the workplace. It, it just, it fulfills for us what the kingdom of God is, this huge, beautiful, illustrious, colorful family that we all are. And when we limit the decisions and storytelling to really just be dominant with just one sect, we're limiting God's glory because God lives in all of us, right? And and so it's, it's uh, we're, we're better for it. And we, that's the cell that I don't know if we've caught on to yet, that we're really better for it. Yeah, our, it's, it's funny that my church, our, our past, our, our lead pastor is a is a is a female, and I don't think about it until someone says it. Until someone says, until someone says, oh, there's not a lot of female. Pa-. I don't. I'm not. You know, as she's preaching, I'm like, hmm, how would a guy do it? You know, like, yeah. it, I just don't. I don't. I don't think about it. And it, well, I I think I've I've mentioned this before that uh, I you know, I I went through all of my formation in Los Angeles. And so the Episcopal Church made big waves in the 70s when the w- women could become priests. Um, mm-hmm. And there's still people who struggle with that. But I have to say that like some of the, the greatest mentors of my life, spiritual formation, were female bishops and female priests. And I just feel like how much greater the kingdom of God has been. And I personally, I am so grateful because I wouldn't be who I am today formed as a Christian if it wasn't for these women. But if we decided to stifle those voices and say, no, that's really a male's role. Uh, these women touch so many, uh, spiritually, touch so many people within the kingdom of God to help them grow into a closer relationship with God, that that's us limiting the, their, the, 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 the outreach of God. And so in storytelling, it's got to be the same way, right? That we start to see this fruit that's being born. I love looking at TV now, and it's just kind of becoming normal. And, and this is from a white guy's perspective. So you can tell me like, Christian, yeah, it, it, we're, we're not there yet. But it just seems like lately, that you could turn on a show and it's a pretty colorful cast and it doesn't have to be we're trying to sell multiculturalism it's just america right it's not weird to have a black dad and a white mom like it's just normal we're not trying to play this is the multicultural family the virus family it's like wow that that, that's america that that looks good And, and we're not trying to make a statement 
but in but what we're going to have different perspectives and different views that's going to come onto this uh, it, it just it's becoming more normal it's, yeah i don't know if you see that i mean i'm just talking from 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 this guy's perspective so i don't know for you you might be like eh, maybe not because <laughs> yeah, well, you're on the front lines equity diversity and inclusion that's that's the future that's going to be that's the future so just make it normal now embrace it because it's happening if, if you watch most of the commercials i've seen i don't know about you it's it's a a a a, a mixed family or a biracial huge yeah I, I and I see it all the time now, and I I had a th- I was talking to my wife. I was like, when did that start? Like it just I didn't like I it just hit me because one commercial after another. When did it like like did it just happen or was it gradual? I just noticed that. I think I, it was it, happening, and I hate to say it. I think it was after Floyd. I think it was. Oh, after- I feel like it just came like finally Hollywood said, just go for it, go go because it sells because it, it sells. It definitely it's- feels like they went for it. Yeah. Now, do you think, do you think this is a fad? Do you think that it will quiet down? Like, like your point when you were talking about the Cosby show that, okay, we did that. We, we were woke and now let's just go back to the normal, the normal way we do things. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, when, when Floyd happened and the, the wokeness happened and the friends called and everyone was <laughs> the friends <laughs> called, my phone kept blowing up. Kevin, everyone, you're my right. black friend. What do I do? Right, right. I, I'm sorry for the time that I no, but uh, <laughs> I'm like so when all that it was so weird. I just, but when all that was happening, I was like, okay, this, we'll see, we'll see what happens, and then and then it started to slow down, and I started to see things that were kind of felt like they were going back to normal. <laughs> I wasn't hearing a lot of uh, a lot of of. of uh, I don't know. I didn't, it didn't, it, it wasn't the same as when it just happened. Sure. So we'll, we'll see. I think, I definitely think it's gotten better. I, I, I definitely think it's, it's gotten better and it's, it, it's going to continue. It has some momentum now. Have you seen and your opportunities I, increase as an actor and as a writer? Say it again? Compared to before, let's say a year ago, have you seen the opportunities for you as an actor and writer increase? As in, like you're getting more auditions? Because I've heard white friends who are actors being like, "Well, you know, I'm a white guy in Hollywood. I don't get as many auditions before." And uh... definitely with friends, I have more friends close to me that are that are working than than in 2019. Like, definitely a lot more people are doing it than they were in 2019. So and. And it's it's working because the higher ups, you're seeing more people, you know, like Issa, like uh, like Jordan Peele, Donald Glover, Shonda 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 Rhimes. Uh, and they're good. Here's the thing: they're yeah. really good. People are like, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, all these black actors got nominated for this, this, and this, and like, yeah. and they're really good. Yeah. Like it'd be one thing if like, it's, but it's like, thank God we finally opened the doors because they're so talented that before it was just like, well, we got to have one or two do the token thing. Right. It, it's it's it, there's no token here. People, well, I, will it's say, I will say, you know, Kevin, you know, you know, the, the the great thing is, you know, expect your phone to blow up today because once you're on a priest and a rabbi, Dumb, boom, those balls are coming. It's 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 over, dude. You, yeah. We just we just single handedly took you to the next level. Yeah, I I mean, I, this was this is the best best thing I've done all week. Like you were up I, all this night. Is, this is the move. This was the yeah, I, right. I was dreaming of. Of the houses and the, 
planning hey, listen, and man, listen, man. What's your advice to this priest and rabbi about something for us to chew on and think about when we're trying to craft our style as storytellers, as preachers and stuff? What, 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 what's something for us to think about or to chew on from, from a professional writer in Hollywood to a priest and a rabbi in small little Stewart, Florida? Yeah, I'd say, what are you trying to say, right? What's, what's the goal? Think more about what the story is about and less about what people might think of the story. Does that make sense? So say that one more time. Think more about what the story is about and less about what people might think of the story, right? Sure, you've got to deliver it in an engaging way, but what are you trying to say? What are you passionate about? What, what in your heart says, this is, this is what I want to talk about? Right. And, yeah. and, and, and just, yeah, focus, focus on that. And, and you'll, you'll enjoy it too. If it's something you want to want to do a rule for myself, if I'm writing something and I'm laughing out loud at the thing I'm, I've written. <laughs> <laughs> you're either a narcissist or you're. Music. Right. I, no, I'm <laughs> if I'm laughing out loud at what, what I've written, that's staying. That's I'm keeping that. That's right. If I'm laughing, then more, 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 more than likely the, the audience will laugh too or enjoy it well right? you're also gifted when i laugh at things usually most of the people are not laughing at my things so <laughs> that like just shakes his head and be like this guy is such a clown <laughs> right. um, we should have looked over yeah, uh, we got, can we please we get the other over. catholic guy down the street on the show um so uh, kevin uh we're at the end of the show we want to know uh, how people can can find you and see your stuff i'm sure you've got video stuff and plays galore tell us what's going on well i let's see if you go to uh, at uh, tam and kevin show my wife and i have a bunch of youtube videos we did throughout the pandemic from the beginning of the pandemic to probably december or, or actually august when our, our baby was born we're like we can't do this anymore. but we it it it, it, it has it's the whole arc of our time in quarantine so you'll you'll see it you should see, see it from the beginning to end so it's called the tam and kevin show you can see it on youtube and they're each um, episodes like a minute yeah it's like yeah we it, they're very quick yeah, yeah they're very very yeah they range from like 20 seconds to i think two minutes yeah you have no faith in our in our in our ability to focus on content right, which right. is great <laughs> you really hit you know your audience right right yeah there and then i'm at here is kevin douglas on Yes. So check out his stuff. His wife is also a very talented actress. Is she was she in Chicago PD now, or what's she doing now? She's always on another show. Uh, yeah, she she was on the Good Fight. The Good Fight. She just she just did. Uh, she was in this last. She wrapped her her stuff for this season. And uh, yeah, so that's yeah. She's she's doing that, and she's got other other things. She's always copy. working. Yeah. Uh, you're always working guys look out for Kevin Douglas and keep an eye out for a, a wonderful great storyteller if you have a chance at some point to see Plantation when it's on the big screen uh, you want to check that out uh, Thaddeus and Slocum the people can can they buy the script is it available uh, it is not available I need to I'm, oh, I'm gonna gosh. look that up I'm gonna well, our producer's that, telling me that I'm that. crazy right now so uh, <laughs> he's saying you got to wrap up and stop talking so listen God bless you, Kevin Douglas. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Thank you for having me. Keep on telling good stories. Change this world. We'll see you all next Friday here on A Priest and a Rabbi. Peace.